Hey guys, welcome to Baby Mama Guru, the podcast. I'm your host, Monique. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and leave me a review. You can actually do it now while you're listening. It's only going to take five seconds um, to at least rate it um, and leave a review. You know, say anything nice, anything that you want me to maybe talk about, um, anything that you like about it. You know, anything will help me, um, you know, with growing the podcast further. Um, if you're listening on any other platform, please subscribe and follow so you can always know whenever I drop an episode. For visuals, you can find me on Instagram. Just search Baby Mama Guru and I'm going to pop up. Um, for bonus content uh, that gets a little nasty and very personal, join the Patreon and I will definitely have the link for it in the description of this episode. Hey, y'all. Um, on this one, I'm not going to give, you know, usually on the beginning of them, I give y'all like a little something, a little rundown on something. And then we go to Paychecks versus Sugar Daddies. But on this episode, I have two Paychecks versus Sugar Daddies. And then I have a little clip of a Patreon. So in the beginning of this one, I'm going to just, you know, update y'all a little bit about what's going been going on. Um, and I'll save, you know, the serious talk. I'll do it for next episode. So for one, y'all may have to um start looking for Dylan's daddy because he is not doing well in school. And I told him I will not have no child that is not making good grades and they cannot live with me. So y'all going to have to find that man because Dylan's going to be dropped off at his doorstep. And if you are a new listener, Dylan is my oldest son. He is 10 and... Yeah, and I'm not doing that. So we may have to go out there and find him because y'all already know the child support people can't find him. And if you a local in Missouri City, Texas, Houston, Texas, y'all know the nigga and y'all know where he's at. So y'all need to tell him somebody's gonna be getting dropped off at his doorstep. Um what else? Something else happened. This is a little childish. So, um, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I told it on my Patreon, but I think this is extremely important. Um, ladies, I think we need to, um, y'all need to be out there getting your pap smears, getting your physicals, um, checking your body. I know um, it's kind of taboo or people don't like to say that they're having unprotected sex, but you are. Um you know, it's, it's just about being self-aware. You know, you're having unprotected sex. You know, you're having unprotected sex with people you don't really um know that well. Or you're not having that talk like, hey, let's go and get STD tested. Let's go and get a test. Um, Or can I see your results? I honestly, out of, I'm going to talk about him on one of these episodes. One nigga out of all the niggas I've talked to has said, let me see your results. Um, let me see some test results uh, before we do anything. And I know it's happening to you all out there, niggas that are listening. I know y'all feel like if the woman is okay, you are okay. And that is not the truth. Um, definitely. So ladies, let's get checked up because uh, what happened? I was talking, I remember... I, had, I was talking to my therapist and I asked him, I said, you know, what is up with men wanting to have unprotected sex? Like, what's up with that? They just don't care. They don't, they don't care. It's just like, oh, like, you know, a nigga know when he meets you. Hold on. 
Okay, sorry about that. Normally, it is Devin, the baby. That time it was Dylan. He said he just wanted to say good morning. Um because I'm sure y'all heard the knock. Anyways, back to what I was saying. So I'm talking to my therapist and I'm like, what's up with men just wanting to have unprotected sex? You, like, they do not care. They don't care. They just gonna whip the bad boy out. And they know from whenever they talk to you, whenever they see your picture, whenever what's happening, they know whenever y'all are alone, they are gonna try something. So why not come with it? Um, and I'm not just gonna put it all on me, you know, women, we should also have protection for ourselves, you know, if that's the route we want to take. But it's just that um, a little situation happened. And it honestly, it really bothered me. You know, so me, um, I went, I got my I got blood work blood work for everything um by the grace of god everything is negative um but yes these men y'all this is so childish but listen hear me out so me and my best friend we just on the phone y'all know her at this point miss the big step episode um we're on the phone and we just like chit-chatting chopping it up and i'm just like i don't know why but i'm like call so-and-so she calls one nigga and um one of them they don't say nothing they just sit on the phone quiet so i'm like okay let's try this one call another nigga he is like he answered the phone like hey like like uh michael b jordan he was like hey auntie like hey i'm like okay so she's still talking to him he is talking he don't know who she is and i'm like okay done the next nigga i'm like okay now let's try him she talked to this man for two minutes and 30 seconds. I kid you not. Full conversation. They do not know each other from Adam. He does not know her. But the thing is, these niggas talk to so many women. They don't know who's who. And he couldn't say, who is this? Because he talked to so many people. And at that point, I was disgusted. I said, you got to be hitting me. You talk to so many people, you don't know who this is, and you can't say who is this. Ridiculous. Now, mind y'all, my twin flame was the first one she called, and of course, he didn't say anything because, you know, that's my... Anyways, but yeah, these other two niggas was just so happy to hear from her, and they didn't even know her. They did not know her voice. They don't know her. They don't know her phone number. But the moral of this story is that these niggas talk to so many women, they don't know who's who. Also, they're out here driving cars with no seatbelts, aka raw dogging women and thinking nothing of it. And it is wild to me. So I would like for everybody, just go, go get checked up. Go get a physical, a pap smear. Just check on yourself because these niggas are not doing that. And they're going from woman to woman to woman to woman. And they think they're the prize. They think they come with big penises and money. And they think they're the prize. And ladies, I'm telling y'all, you got to stop it. Um, So definitely make that y'all business to schedule an appointment. Um, This dropping on Monday at midnight. Y'all got the whole week. Um, definitely that's something that needs to be done because you cannot 
rely on a man. And I also think we need to get in the habit of having that conversation saying, let's go get tested together. Let's, you know, can I see your results when the last time you've been tested? I can't have sex with you unless you have a condom. You know, we've been tested together. Like that needs to be normal. It's something, I don't know why maybe it's weird to talk about. I'm not saying I've always done that. Um, but it's definitely a change that needs to happen because after I listen to this girl talk to these two niggas that don't know her from Adam, I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. So no, um, by the grace of God, negative everything. And I wish that all on y'all, but that was just my little rant. It's really been on my heart. Um, my Patreon listeners, y'all probably like, girl, enough. You've talked about this already. Sorry. But the people, the free listeners needed to know. Okay, so we can get into my favorite segment. Okay, so this segment is paychecks versus the sugar daddy segment. And that is where I compare and contrast a job I've had to a man that I was talking to, seeing or dating at the time. And y'all know, previously I have done listener stories. And so um, this one is going to be a listener story. But of course, I'm going to tell it from my perspective. So it's not all that he say, she say, whatever, whatever. Okay, so I'm 16. I'm in high school. I find who I think is the love of my life. Okay, two years go by and I think we're locked in for life, you know, um, out of high school, he decided that he wanted to go to the military. And, you know, I supported whatever he wanted to do. I'm young. You know, what What else? And, um, like, you know, I knew his family. You know, I basically thought I knew everything that I could have known about him. So he asked me to marry him. I say yes. Mind you, my family was not aware of him at all. And... They still aren't um, to this day. Uh, you know, it's it just happened. You know, I got engaged. I got married um, at 18. It just happened. Um, he moved to Connecticut um, and I stayed in Texas. Long distance was fine. Everything was great. Pure bliss until he started cheating. I also had no idea that military men get paid an extra thousand dollars of month for supporting his family. And since I lived um, out of state, <clears throat> you know, he got that extra money. Funny thing is, I never knew about the extra thousand dollars until the end. And it's like mm, some men get married for green cards. Some men get married for a thousand dollars. Well, 12000 in the year. Um, but I never knew about none of that, you know, until it was over. You know, I made my own money. So it wasn't just like I was hurting for anything. Um, time goes by. I try to enroll in college um, to take some classes. And I can't get financial aid because I'm married to a military nigga. Okay. Got to pay out of pocket for school. And me and him talked about it. He isn't helping me because this is something that I want to do. You know, can you believe that? All right. So I'm now paying out of pocket for classes and he's sitting on this extra money. 
that he's getting because of me. So really, it should be my money. This $1,000, you should be sending it to me at least half or something. But no, he kept it all for himself. So fast forward, he comes in town. One of my homegirls take a picture of him with another woman in a grocery store. How do you do that? We're married. You holding my money hostage. And now you come to my city and you with another woman. I'm young. I'm devastated. I'm hurt. You know, I feel extremely manipulated. Um, So I confront him. But he's very arrogant about it. And now divorce is being brought to the table. Imagine being 19, thinking about divorce. And not even going through it with family because... I never told them. And looking back at it, it's like, if a secret has to be this major, obviously, whatever I'm doing is a bad idea. It's not worth doing it. Um, But, you know, you have to, like, go through stuff to get through stuff. You know, you live and you learn. So um, I'm going to fast forward again. So now um, I pull up to Connecticut. I'm in Connecticut. That's where he at. I pull up. You know, I'm his wife. Uh, We were supposed to, like, be talking about, you know, whether the separation was going to be final, things like that. I knock on the door. He slams the door in my face. He says, I don't know why you here. And there's nothing for us to talk about. So now I'm sitting outside his door and I'm like, okay, I need to book me a room. I need to find me somewhere else to go. You know, this is embarrassing. Um, so he comes back and he's just like, you know, come in or whatever. So I go in and he's just like, again, um, there's nothing to talk about. I don't know why you want to talk to me. You know, I don't know why you here. And I'm just like, you know, we husband and wife, you know, it's not that easy to break up. Um, you know, like it's not just like, okay, deuces, like we got to sign these papers. So we talk a little bit more and then he's like, you know, I need to go to sleep. I got to go to work. And I'm like, okay, I'm sleeping with you. Like, you out here doing sleeping with everybody else? Okay. Mm, I can't sleep in your bed. Like, as your wife, I can't lay with you. So, long story short, I go to hit the bed with him. We end up having sex, y'all. When we finished having sex, he asked me to go to the guest room. Now... I the this the disrespect is at an all time high, all time high, because who do you think you are? But be, me being me, young and um, just you know, like not strong enough, not um, just acting as if I know my worth. I go to the guest room. I go to the guest room. A little while later, he comes in the guest room with his phone. Um, I'm assuming that he went and, he you know, he confessed his sins. He told the girl what he did. He told the side chick what he did. Like, you know, um, my wife is here. We done had sex. Uh, I feel bad. You know, he probably said she jumped in the bed with me and I didn't want to do it. And I tried to stop her. You know, how niggas do. And, um... So he hands me the phone and the girl is side chick. It's on the phone, cursing me out, calling me names, saying like, you know, do I need to fly out there? I need to beat you up, blah, blah, blah. All it is, mind you, we both live in the same city. Never seen the girl. But the nerve of him, the nerve of you to lay with me, your wife, and then you 
confess to somebody else, but you didn't have the decency to even confess to me when you were out here cheating. Unbelievable. So, um, that happened, you know, um, ever since then, you know, I hadn't seen him until we was in court finalizing the divorce. And even in court, he was trying to like impress me, you know, it's like, mm, that's dead. It's not happening. Guess what? Two weeks later, after we finalized the divorce, him and his side chick got engaged. Um, and shortly after that, month after that, they were broken up. And this is Monique talking now. That story is a few morals to that story. Um, the the audacity in niggas are is at an all time high. Um, it's ridiculous. Moral number one: Don't date these niggas until you're forty three. No reason, no reason to be dating so young. No reason to be dating at 16, 17, 18. No reason to be falling in love so young because what happens? Stuff like that. You young, you blinded, you're going to do whatever. The nigga say, I want to go to the military, marry me. You like, I've been, what else am I going to do? You know, of course I'm going to marry you. Not even knowing that he done went and figured out the scam and you I'm here I'm doing this with my heart as pure as it can be and you scamming for twelve thousand dollars a year me personally I would have reported the nigga 911 he would have been dishonor dishonorably inhonorably dishonorably mm, discharged whatever dishonorably discharged that's what that nigga would have been because no you got the wrong one um what else the side chicks sis however you get into something that's exactly how it's gonna end you got with that cheating nigga he did all of this and i'm sure he cheated on you within that month that's why y'all were broken up um and also if a secret is that big um it's just not something that's worth doing because to go through a divorce at 19 without family I can only imagine how tough that can be. Um, so, yeah, ladies, now you got to watch out for these military niggas. And if you have one, if you marry one, make sure if they are in a different state from you, make sure you get that 1K a month. If you got kids, I'm sure it's probably even more with kids. I don't know. I might have to do my research. But, yes, make sure that 1K is coming every month. Because... No, it's unacceptable. Imagine you marrying somebody. They cheat on you. They have sex with you. They kick you out the room and then confess their sins to the side chick. And then she goes off on you like you're the bad guy here when that's your husband. Whew. It's too much for me. Um, Actually, on this episode, because my other one denied my audio, I had technical difficulties. It did not give uh, my paychecks versus sugar daddies on that one. I'm going to put it on here. So y'all are going to get a double paychecks versus sugar daddies. Okay, so this segment is the paychecks versus sugar daddies segment. And this is where I compare and contrast a job that I had to a man I was talking to, seeing or dealing with at the time. And so for this one, I'm going to take it all the way back to 2005, and then I'm going to bring it back, uh, bring it forward to 2015. 
I'm going to share a story about my very, very, very first boyfriend and how we rekindled as adults. And so y'all know, um, I came from New Orleans in 05 after Katrina hit. And when I came to Texas, I was 12. So, um, you know, when you like new at the school, like you end up having a class with somebody and they're like, okay, show her around or whatever. So I had a friend, she kind of like was showing me, I guess the ropes at the school and things like that. And she had a boyfriend and her boyfriend had a friend. So like the four of us would always be together because I was with her. Like she was the only familiar, you know, person that I knew or whatever. And so, um, like we would just be at the parks and stuff. Like, I don't even know how I was always doing something, but yeah, we would just be around and basically she hooked us up. So now I have a boyfriend, we going to call him Jay. And so me and Jay, we would be on the phone all the time. We would be in the hallways together. Like, you know, I got a boyfriend and we would be talking on the phone and he would just be like giving me compliments or something. And looking back, I mean, I never like if somebody gives me a compliment now, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. But back then it was just like, OK, you know, it was like, I don't believe that. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. OK, so he'll give me compliments and it'll just be like. Okay, it was never like nothing. Like I never just was like, oh my God, he think I'm like you. You know, it was just be like, okay. And um and looking back on it, it really just showed me like, dang, like you really was not getting that attention. You know, this like this was the start. It was like, wow, like I'm getting compliments, like, oh my goodness, you know? And at twelve, at twelve, as a twelve year old girl, like at some point in your life, you should have heard, you know, some saying some nice things about yourself like oh you're beautiful your hair is beautiful this is this is this you know and it was just wild to me like looking back on it um as I was thinking about this and so um with Jay like you know we'd be on the phone every like all the time we'll be on the house phone y'all know because back then we was young so we'll be on the house phone I remember I had this Bratz like my room was Bratz and I had this Bratz phone it was like shaped like the lips it was so cute. But um, after nine, we would be on our cell phones because y'all know we had those free minutes after nine, like free nights and weekends or something like that. And so, um, yeah, so like our parents would always be like, y'all need to get out the phone. We get on our cell phones and like the minutes free now. So, um, yeah, that um, that happens. And he also um, he had a prosthetic leg. And, um, and this is also where I knew that I was not a shallow person and I never made, like, that was never, it was never an issue. Like it was never like the center of our relationship. It was never like, um, frowned upon or anything like that. You know, like he was so cute. He was nice. And he made me laugh. So funny. Made me laugh until I cried. Um, yeah, like it was just, he was just really a sweet like guy it was just like oh this is what boyfriends are like you know I didn't know nothing about that so it was very new or whatever and um so that happened and one day we're on the phone and he decided to join the gang and 
like I knew, um, like he'll be in, the, I'm not going to say in the streets because we were so young, but he'd be on his street, like on his street or whatever, like with his homeboys and they would just be getting into trouble doing stuff that they shouldn't do. And so, I mean, for that already, I really didn't like that because I am for when it comes to doing bad stuff, like with the law or, um, just anything to get in trouble. I I don't like it. I am a sucker. Mm-mm, I'm not going to do it. No, that's just not stuff that I condone. And so it's just like, why would you do something to get yourself in trouble? Especially when the stuff is going to affect me. And um, so, yeah. And when he told me that, I immediately I had to break up with him because I was like, mm-mm. Like, even at a very young age, I had already knew that I was not a ride or die. Um, because of course I immediately thought the worst, like either you're going to be dead or you're going to be in jail. And I don't want to have to experience neither. Like, I don't want to be RIPing you, um, for something foolish. And I don't want to be like writing you letters while you in jail for something foolish, you know? Um, and I just, I just knew I didn't want to deal with it even then. And I'm, I was trying to think like, what even made me to be like, oh no, this is not the life that I want to live. Um, yeah, it's just something that I know for a fact, um, because, you know, in New Orleans, I've seen a whole lot of things. It's just, I just said, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't. And, um, so yeah, I had told him like, I, we can't be together anymore. And, uh, and it was a very hard conversation to have because he really did make me so happy. Like it was just some real young childish, like happiness or whatever, but I was happy nonetheless. And so, um, yeah, and I he didn't want to. He didn't want to break up with me. And I remember he played um, Say Goodbye by Chris Brown. I'm not going to sing it <clears throat> for obvious reasons because I can't sing. But, um, yeah, he played Say Goodbye by Chris Brown. It was really sad. It was just like on some real, like, young, little relationship stuff. And, um yeah, so then we, maybe he probably called me, like, a few times after that. But then after that, like, we just stopped talking like that. And, you know, we see each other around. Like, we had class together and things like that. So it was very um, weird. But it was just, like, this is what it is now. And uh, so that happened. Anyway, so fast forward to 2015 now. Um, and... I am, I'm working at HEB, I want to say. <clears throat> so now I'm working at HEB and somehow we started talking again. Maybe it was from Snapchat, but then I would have to have his number to be on Snapchat. Maybe it probably was Facebook and Facebook. I probably hit him up on it. This Facebook just puts you in situations that you just don't, I don't even know. Facebook just always doing something. So, um, I probably, I'm sure I was probably, it was me. I'm sure of it. I probably hit him up on Facebook and got his number somehow. Cause I knew it was me. Um, you know, he was still looking good. Like he was still cute. He, I saw, I did see that he had a kid and I was like, oh, okay, wow. We have something in common. Like our kids are like the same age or whatever. Just about. Yeah. Our kids not. Yeah. I think they are like the same age. I don't know. My oldest, anyways, his oldest. Well, he only has one kid. 
but um yeah so I was just like um okay we have something in common so of course uh, I approached him and we're talking and I know somehow we were on Snapchat because we were like video call on there and which was so so random so we be on there and then he say like he wanted to take me on a date or whatever so you know I was like cool and you know I made time for dates so we had went out on a date he came he picked me up um and we're talking and I remember on the way to the restaurant, I had said something like I wanted to be a housewife. And he was like, no, like unacceptable. He was not for it. And looking back on that, I was just like, this is when um, I don't know where, but it was like whenever you go on a first date, like you need to I would lay it out like exactly what I wanted on the first dates like back then. And, you know, some people could be like, okay, you know, that's cool. And other, if, and it was just like, it just basically did it anything that wasn't supposed to be. And he was not for that. Um, I don't do that anymore because I don't even want to be a housewife anymore. I had experienced that with Randall and that's just not the life I want to live. But yeah, he was like, mm, not happening. And then, so we were talking some more. We, oh, we get to the restaurant. We still talking, we catching up. And uh, one thing about him, I have so much respect for him. Like, like he literally works harder than niggas with, with two full legs. Like he, I will always have respect for him. And like the nigga, he be handling business. Like he be doing what he got to do. And, um... And really, like, you would never even know that he had a prosthetic leg. It never slowed him down. It never got in his way. It never held him back. Like, he always did what he had to do. It was very, 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 like, um, I don't, I don't know the word. Like, it's just applaudable. Like, it's our respect. Because you niggas just don't be doing nothing in. He be getting to the money, for sure. But, yeah, and so, um... At this time, you know, it's like we're sitting here in this restaurant and he's like, get whatever you want. Like, whatever you want. Like, you want a drink? You want a drink? Da, 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 da. And so um, we're drinking. And it's like, this is crazy. You know, the last time we talked like this, we were 12. You know what I'm saying? Talking on a house phone. And now we're 22. And the vibe still feels so youthful. It just feels like it don't feel like we're really grown. It just feels like we just doing something bad and um you know and it was nice it was real nice to like reconnect with him um but the moral of the story it just it wasn't meant to be it was like like it's just a, a stepping stone I guess um you know like you have to go through this or experience this to get to um whatever is next, you know, um, because, you know, uh, initially after I stopped dating him, I got right into dating my baby daddy, like maybe within the month, you know, I started dating my baby daddy and I had been with him ever since. And so, and it's just so crazy. And so we're like sitting in this restaurant and it's like, wow, like, look at us, look at us. Who would have thought, it, I mean, it was, it was so, it was just sweet, but it was just like, mentally, I just felt, I felt like we were just kind of stuck. It's like, I'm always going to see us as like, I'm always going to see him as like my first boyfriend when we were little kids talking on the phone, cracking jokes. 
you know, I can't just be like, oh, I don't know. I do. I still be thinking like, oh, he's still, mm. he could still get it, to be honest. But we just ain't never crossed those, um, those boundaries. We just never went there. But um, definitely, um, yeah, so after that happened, you know, we'll just tell people, like each other, um, to we'll tell people. We'll just tell each other, like, you know, happy birthday and things like that. Um, yeah, but still at 27, at my grown age and even older, I will not, I'm not going to be dating no gangbanger, though. I'm still not going to do that. I'm still no ride or die. Um, and because I don't even see why I have to die from dealing with you, like, in any situation, why should death be the end result. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, it's not for me. Like I already said, I'm scary. I'm not really into that kind of stuff. And I'm really almost a snitch. Like if you ask my little cousins and my siblings, I used to snitch on them all the time. I mean, it would be for their best interest, of course. They may not say that. But yeah, I'm just not with um, getting in trouble, doing bad things. No, uh, I don't know what I believe on some episode I told y'all like sex is the only bad thing that I do. That's the only bad thing. And it's not even bad all the time, but most times it's bad and a bad thing to do. Not that the act is bad. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Um, Yeah. So, mm, so no, for me, ladies, I don't even recommend being ride or dies because like, really, like if your man gets locked up for a long time, are you really going to be there waiting for him? Mm, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And then if he dies, like, are you really going to be single forever? Or are you going to wear his shirt one day and then you'll be back in the streets the next? I don't know. That's just not a life. That's for me. Um, To each his own, though. Let's get into the next segment. Okay, so this segment is Babysitter versus Baby Daddy. And who am I choosing? Yes, that's it. <laughs> I'm choosing my babysitter at any cost. I don't even need to explain anything more. So we're going to go to the next segment. Okay, so this is normally the advice segment. Um, if you have any advice, you can just email me at askbabymamaguru at gmail.com. Um, but instead, I'm going to give you a little snippet or maybe a three-minute little clip of a Patreon. Um, the link will also be in the description. And this one is titled, How to Be a Sugar Baby. So anyways, how to be a sugar baby. And so rule number one is to treat it like a job. And you know what jobs you don't want to go to them. You don't really want to do it. You don't want to deal with your coworkers. Um, but for, you know, to be a sugar baby, a successful sugar baby, you have to treat it like a job. Like, even though you don't want to do it sometimes, even though you don't want to send that message, even though you don't want to go out, you still have to do it. It comes with the territory. Rule number two, tell him what he wants to hear. And, you know, if I could put that little clip, oh, I don't even have my laptop next to me. He'd be like, I tell her what he want to hear just so I could. Mm, 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 mm. That song, I know y'all know that song. Um, So you tell him what he wants to hear. So that's easy. That's easy to do. Um, You kind of lie because it's a job. You know, when you um interview, 
everything you're saying is not the truth. You know, um, almost never everything that you say is not the truth. Just like the job description. They're not always telling you the truth either. So it's like whatever. So you do have to kind of, you basically, like when you're applying for a job, um, your resume, you, when you, your resume kind of have like a bunch of different things on it. Like y'all know for me, my resume all over the place. So I have to kind of tailor my resume to the job that I'm applying for. So in this case, you would just tailor your, um, yourself to whatever you hear this guy talking about, you know, whatever he want to be. So you just kind of tell him exactly what he wants to hear all the time. You just boosting his ego. Number three, always look your best and you remind him that you're the prize. And, you know, if you show him, like, how you like to dress or how you like to look or if you keep your nails done or whatever, he's going to know that he has to upkeep that. Like, this is how I met her. And now this is what I have to keep up. I see she always have her eyelashes done. I see she always have her nails and her toes done. Um, I'm not no bag girl. So, like, if you wear bags, like, oh, and you go out with the bag and you pull a nigga with the bag, it's like this is her style, like, now I gotta keep this up, and I know there's a lot of people who fake it till they make it, like, a lot of girls on Instagram, they'll just, like, they'll buy one bag, they'll buy one or two bags, you know, invest in themselves, and eventually they start pulling niggas like that, they'll buy a few designer pieces, but they'll keep a little fashion over, and the niggas, they, as soon as they get the niggas, then they really live in that life that they was, you know, Okay, that was just a little clip. Um, thank you for listening. Bye.